Good morning, everybody. This is Judith A. Coffee, listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. Was not really planning on podcasting today, but somehow I find myself at work, even though I'm off of work today. But I needed a place to kill an hour, and it's so hard to just stay at home when I know I have a caregiver coming because, you know, I'm just, I'm completely burned out, you know tired of caregiving every day I need a vacation for sure and um yeah I'm not complaining I'm just tired it just gets tiresome and I I had to have a talk with her like I had to redirect my mom yesterday I was like look you get to yell at me and be grouchy and then I'm supposed to smile back in your face I don't understand how that works and you're constantly asking me if I'm okay and then you uh are mean and nasty And so she worked on her attitude, you know. So there's something in there. She's not completely out of it all the time. But I do think the surgery would, um, eye surgery is not where we are. And I got to cancel that today. Um, I talked to her caregiver and she was like, yeah, I think that would be a disaster. And I was like, well, why, why didn't you say so? She was like, well, you know. That's not really my place. I said, yeah, but I'm asking your opinion. You're here with her, you know, nearly as much as I am. You're the only person that's with her as much as I am. And, um, you know, she was like, you know, Miss Evelyn ain't going to sit still for no procedure like that. I was like, that's true. I said, I'm more concerned, too, about the the post-op stuff. She's not going to do any of that. It's just going to be a nightmare. So, you know. Anyway, I I guess I was just waiting for the doctors to call it, like the eye doctor, to see it. You know, it's like I'm, I can't be the only one that sees that she's not comprehending what you're saying. If I wasn't here, she wouldn't have been able to complete those tests. You know what I mean? It's like they just, I don't know, the medical field is so strange to me. I don't understand. It's like I get that you're not, uh, it, you know, that you're eye people, but come on. You have to be able to discern when someone is going to do well with a procedure and when they're not. You know, is it a cash grab? I get it. It's the end of the year. People want a good Christmas. I don't know. But I like her eye doctor. She's been going to him for years. And if this was 10 years ago, we would have done it. You know, but uh, it just doesn't make sense to try to do that now. So I don't know. Like I said, I was just waiting for them to sort of be like, oh, this might not be a good idea. But then uh, we spent an hour and a half in there and they just kept plowing through all the tests and, you know, explaining all the stuff. And then when I tell you that it is a gauntlet of post-operative meetings, I mean, you got to go back the next day and then you got to go back the next week. And then you got to if you do the other eye, then you got to go back for another exam and then you got to set up some other stuff. And then there's another next day appointment. Then it's the uh, week after appointment. Then it's a whole big month appointment like this will take up your whole November. So I'm also selfishly just not doing that to myself. But, yeah, I mean. All I can say is everybody who has an older parent and maybe they haven't hit this level of care from you yet uh, or an aunt or whoever you're looking after, uh, just keep these things in mind. Like it's it's not just, oh, I'll drive by and check on them every now and again. Uh, Some people are going to need more than that. And they're going to need you to go sit in a doctor's appointments with them. There was a point when my mom just stopped. 
being able to go into the doctor by herself because she would come out with like no paperwork, no future appointments set. Like I remember that happened. That started happening about five years ago. And she just zip on out, and I'd be like, "How'd it go? It went great. Doc gave me a good report. Okay." And then, like, I would go back there with her when I realized she wasn't setting up appointments for follow up or anything like that. And and then you get a different picture, you know. So there's been cognitive decline for a while. Then that became, well, don't worry about it. It's just part of getting older. Then that became well maybe we should run some tests because you're you seem concerned and I'm like yes you should be concerned too and then she'd get lost and then I had to take her keys and at first she was okay with it then she got mad it was just a whole thing man it's a whole thing so anyway like I said I was just hoping they would see something too and be like yeah maybe this isn't a good idea but you're on your own, man. You got to make your own decisions. And, you know, some of the stuff I anguish over because I ultimately always want to do what's best for her. And they keep being convinced because I kept saying, and you think this is cool for an 86-year-old woman. And they were like, yeah, you know, this will improve the quality of her life. Da, da, da. And I'm like, but she has Alzheimer's. The only thing that's going to improve the quality of her life at this point is to get her memory back. And that's something that I have to keep in mind. Beginning, middle, and end. These people are not on my my side or my team. They're not necessarily against us, but, you know, if somebody would give you advice that you know doesn't make sense, then you got to consider them not a friend, right? All right. There was a Millie Vanilli documentary, I want to say on Paramount+. Plus which the only reason why I got Paramount Plus is because I wanted to watch The Good Wife. So uh, Joe Budden, who I find interesting, was talking about the Millie Vanilli documentary. And I was like, well, let me watch it. And it was produced by MTV. So it was cool. You know, it focused on their music and their music career. But really, now I know people complain about racism all the time. And I'm often like, you know, that's not really racism. Yeah, but they actually were victims of racism. There's a German executive uh, in the the docuseries who referred to them as colored. And the guy who really created this monster, uh, Frank Farian is his name, basically only he had a history of hiring black artists to sing his pop songs and uh he would hire a certain looking type of person to do the to do the lip syncing and you know um but the band was normally black the singer was black and the background singers in this case in Millie's case were white females but they couldn't go on stage cuz they were white so this guy had a complete racial um, exploitation system going and the way he treated them. And, and this was all him. And I remember I, I was a huge Millie Vanilli fan and it's not be, they were cute as I'll get out, but that kind of music doesn't and did not appeal to me. Um, and I knew they were lip syncing because the first lip sync voice for a girl, you know, is true, which to be clear, in the 80s, and when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, all you had was radio and music videos. 
And so these things played constantly, and you heard them constantly, whether you like them or not. Girl, you know it's true. It was huge in D.C. I was a freshman at Howard, maybe. Freshman, sophomore. I think I was a freshman. And that played nonstop. And so I heard the song a ton. I'm in love with you, girl. Um, I did not care for it. But I know the words because you hear it all the time. And so when the second single dropped and I saw the video and the guy was lip syncing to that song, I said, that's a completely different voice. And there's a backstory to that. You'll see it in the documentary. Uh, there's It's a completely different voice. And I said, oh, that's not them singing. I made a mental note. I remember this. And I was like, there's no way they're singing that. That's a different voice. He's just lip syncing to someone else's voice. And I was fine with it. Because, girl, you know it's true, and I think the next single was Blame It on the Rain. And the voices don't sound the same, but then you see the guy lip-syncing, and I was like, oh, they don't sing their own songs. Didn't think anything deep of that. They they weren't my group. They they weren't my taste. So, apparently, this Frank Farian has a history of doing that. He had another huge group um, in the 70s that... uh, they, they, I don't remember this group, but they were called Boney M. And apparently they had a really hot black lead singer who was doing all these dance moves and singing these songs, but he wasn't really singing them. He was just lip syncing to them. And then um, I think Scandal broke and people figured out he wasn't the singer and, you know, off they went. Then after that, they did it again with Millie Vanilli. And the sad part is they made it seem like Millie Vanilli were these villains, like these two guys, cute as they could be, young as they could be, having fun, dancing and, you know, making all this money for the record company. And everybody knew. And I remember being in college and I remember these guys got blasted. Everybody made fun of them. In Living Color made fun of them. Arsenio Hall made fun of everybody made fun of all the late night people. And I remember it was brutal and cruel, but I don't remember feeling empathy for them at the time. I feel a tremendous amount of empathy for them now because they just got caught up in the fame machine and they started to believe the lie. And this guy was manipulating them and it was nothing but exploitation and and racist. He was racist because he believed he was superior to them, that they were just these good-looking, talented black guys who could dance, and he used them. And then when they got the big head and they were like, we're trapped in this con- this contract, because they were like, fuck this, man. We need to start singing our own songs because the stress and pressure is getting to us, and we were winning awards, and, like, we have talent. And this dude was like, well, y'all aren't going to extort me. I'm going to tell the world you're a bunch of frauds. And that's what he did. And he used all and exploited all black artists that worked with him. There was It wasn't a good deal for any of them. And this guy's made millions and millions of dollars basically really being a racist, uh, you know, puppeteer. These guys were just uh, people he used to make millions of dollars. And he abandoned them and left them on the side of the road. And as you know... 
the green-eyed one didn't make it. He wound up becoming a drug addict, and he had a horrible, sad backstory anyway. Uh, fame was the last thing he needed. Um, you know how I contend Amy Winehouse, if she had just stayed playing guitar in the coffee houses and the little bars around London, or oh, she was in Camden, I think, wherever she was playing in London or in England, that was, she should have stayed doing that and she'd still be alive. Fame was the worst thing to happen to Amy Winehouse. Watch her documentary. It's the best documentary I've ever seen. It's called Amy. It It is fantastic. Um, but this Millie Vanilli is pretty good. And it just makes your heart breaks for these guys because this dude used them. And everybody knew from Clive Davis to the European record company, everybody knew they weren't singing. And this guy just took the money and threw them out and made them seem like they were scam artists, like they scammed him too, or some nonsense. It was like, this is deeply fucked up. And when you watch it and you realize that someone lost their life behind it because they just couldn't get over it, the uh, the embarrassment, the shame, and people put, they crucified these guys. And it was just really, really sad really sad but the good news is fab fabrice the um the more brown-skinned guy cute as he can be still you know he survived i don't think he's married to this woman i think she's his partner but they have four kids he sings he went and uh obviously took the craft seriously and is a singer in tours and sings these songs because people love those songs. And I'm happy for him. You know, he uh, grew up, went through this horrendous, shameful period. And they they didn't commit a crime. They weren't bad guys. They were just used by the fame machine. It's real. The fame machine is real. And I am starting to think that there are going to be more and more and more stories that aren't 30 years old. You're going to start hearing like what really happened to the Migos? What really happened to Cardi B? What real? I mean, because this business has a, a history. What really happened to Pop Smoke? Are these people just getting killed randomly or are they being set up by their record companies? There are people who are are more valuable dead than alive to some of these people. They are obviously, uh, they don't care about people. They use you. They sign you to a shitty contract. They exploit you. They treat you like an idiot. And then they just move on. And it's really sad. And I'm glad the Fab has a beautiful family and a partner. She didn't even know who he was. I think she says something like that. My friends were like, hey, that's Millie Vanilli. And she was like, okay, but I like Fab. I'm cool. And they've been together for years. So good for him. Good for him. Everybody doesn't emerge from the fame machine alive. You know, Britney Spears, kudos. It sounds like she's been through hell. And it's like her family, her dad seemed to use her like a fucking slave. I think she had a song, I'm a slave for you. I guess she was singing it to her fucking dad. 
what a piece of junk. I mean, I don't like to judge people without being a part of the situation, but when she's telling her side, he sounds like a major dick. You just used your daughter, and you probably resented her because you all put a ton of money in her career and trying to build her career from childhood, and now you're like, well, fuck that. We don't need the gravy train to stop. And you resented her, and you just used her. That's what it sounds like. Man, people, you think we've evolved, but people are out here straight up cave folks. They like uh, Game of Thrones. And like I always say, you're either playing a Game of Thrones or it's playing you. And some of these people are going to look you dead in the face and tell you how much they love you and they're horrible people. Mm-mm. Bad, bad, bad. So anyway, those are two things I wanted to talk about. The SAG after strike sag after after can't remember anyway the actors are now off strike the writers are off strike so but i gotta be honest i'm listening to a book called burn it down by maureen ryan and i i don't really want to be in the traditional film business and what i don't understand is how it's not considered a monopoly you know, it's like, why, why do you only get to have one electric company? How's that not a monopoly? How, how come I can't have somebody competing to give me lower electricity prices or gas prices? Same with movies. Why do I need to go to Hollywood and be a part of the studio system, which is so obviously flawed, which has so much bad karma in it, so many rapes, so many sexual assaults, so many... Uh, cruel terrible things have happened to people trying to just make art I don't even know that I want that kind of karma near my work so I had a vision the other day it's like I just need to start my own studio and do my own thing and then I remember there was a voice trying to be negative like well you'll still need distribution and I'm like but now there's the internet and I had hopes for Netflix. I thought Netflix would come in and really revolutionize things. You know, after they told us they were going to give us content, right? Because they really did revolutionize movie rentals. I enjoy renting movies that way. Mail them back, no fees. I watched a ton of movies on DVD through Netflix, which they just discontinued that service, which is kind of sad. Because we're at a point now where you need to buy things that you want. There, there's going to be a day when you might not be able to get to your internet for some time and you won't be able to stream. If you don't own it, you won't be able to view it or listen to it. And as an independent content maker, I would urge people to start buying the things that they like. If there's a record you heard and you like it, go to the store and buy it and download it. Um, the iTunes store or digital store. Buy it. Own it. Um, not only does it support the artist, but you'll have it and you can listen to it because things are uncertain, more uncertain than they've been in a long time. And the whole idea that you won't ever own anything. Like I like the idea of paying 20 bucks a month or how much I pay and I can hear all the music I want. But at the end of the day, I also miss the times when I used to pull out my uh, LPs or my CDs and play them, you know, 
I think I'm going to go back to that. And I think you should too. I had high hopes. I thought Netflix was going to revolutionize things and, and, and be real, you know what I mean? And be different, but it just morphed itself right into another version of what's in existence right now. They're not trying to find new voices. They're not trying to channel new information. You know, they're doing the same thing. They're all propped up and they need to make millions off of every project. The day they wrote a check for $200 million for a Martin Scorsese movie told me all I needed to know. They're the same as all the other studios. And there's nothing wrong with being able to write a $200 million check. But the day you see one movie for $200 million from one studio, you know that they don't value independent cinema. Because to someone who's really an artist, who's really making movies, they would just be happy with $20 million, right? You could get 10 movies for $20 million a piece. And that's high, really. But say you, that's our number, right? If you're a company that sees $200 million for one project, you don't see indie as having any value. And that's why movies suck now. As soon as independent cinema went away, it was problematic. You know, you you wouldn't have great actors and writers and people bursting onto the scene because, you know, indie movies is what did that for them. And now there's no space for that. And I think we're just going to find out more ugly, nasty things that these people have done and how highly leveraged they are. And it's just going to be bad. We need to not focus on what background these people come from. We need to focus on, you know, what kind of person they are. I just read the other day that L.A. Reid is being sued for rape and sexual assault. This same lady also sued uh, Russell Simmons for that. I mean, it's like, damn, you couldn't even be a female hip-hop executive without getting raped? Horrible, And you shouldn't have to wait 30 years to tell somebody. Shameful. All right, everybody. It is Friday, November the 10th. It's Veterans Day. Like I said yesterday, thank a veteran. And uh, damn, I can't believe we only got three more weeks in November. And then it's on. Because you know, December, people shut down. So if there's something you really, 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 really want to get done this year, you need to get on it. And don't delay. Don't delay. And I'm talking to myself, too. I'm halfway through my book. I'm writing a book. Yes. Woo-hoo. It's all about shadow healings, uh, inner inner uh, shadow work, you know, healing your inner child, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm enjoying writing it. A lot of my personal story is coming through, which I wasn't expecting. But uh, yeah, good things coming from Just Media Works. Civil Theory is the name of my uh, parent company. And uh, in the process of trying to grow, automate my car rental company. So good things are happening. Uh, stay with us. And uh, if you want to support us, we'll take your donations. Um, I need to figure out how you can give them to me, but I have a cash app, Just Media Works. All right, everybody, be your best. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll meet back here next week. Be safe, for real, and be blessed. 
and know that I love you and I thank you for listening. And I have better than just regular love for you. I have mad love for you. That's top notch. Top notch. (laughs) I'm enjoying myself. Have an amazing day. Enjoy it. Be well. So you know they gotta have it, can't give it free, gotta charge a fee, make believe it's a need to buy it automatic. Uh, all eyes on me, gotta sacrifice time and privacy. Me and Papa about to play hide and seek, go steal a Royce Royce, finna driving streets. So, now the money's in play, keep a hundred in case, feeling sly, wanna buy the whole place. Now the honey's in the days, the haters constipated, looking funny in the face. Wait, he expressed his sense of taste, he moving too fast, he seeks his sense of space. Uh, Smith and Wesson just in case, lunatics, loser, gotta keep my family safe, ayy. So now you got the fame, now they know your name, but you swear you never changed, huh? But that was all vain, cause now they know your name and now that is all changed, uh. Ironic how I'm on a St. Thomas Aquinas until Judas Ruzer with the pirates. Accusing Zeus of defiance, trying to knock him off his feet cause he beat the highest. But my mystique's Messiah, supreme ethereal being, I'm pleading peace and quiet. I beseech the liars who can't reach the pyre, I'm gonna meet the fire. But we need the needle cause we love the fame, we need the drug, we need the fix, we need the buzz. I'm a fiend it seems, I need it cause, uh. It's a fame machine, I can feel it in my veins taking over, it's changing me. It's a fame machine, I can feel it in my veins taking over, it's changing me. It's the pain machine, I can feel it in my veins taking over, it's changing me. It's the pain machine. It's the pain machine. It's the pain machine. So, can you handle pressure? Can you motivate yourself to channel extra effort? Or will you keep pleasure? Living in heaven, having to watch your own legend. Cocaine with coke, bang, no pain but more prone to throw things Like Chris Brown pissed at his old dame The fame being the reason your whole soul changed But when your fandom cheers, you're shining that light like a chandelier Can you tame the beast? Should've know I can, man, I came to feast In a Porsche, with suicide doors Parked in me winehouse, but do I die for? Huh. Truly I'm foreign, it's all bad apples like fruit and I'm orange